If you have your Bibles, open them with me and turn to Genesis chapter 11, starting at verse 1. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As men moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the earth. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> That's right. Eliana knows the most about um, gardening. Um, does it, Maria? Okay, I'm going to keep my eye on it. That Lily, she's out of control for sure. No, she looks good. Um, first things first. You know, what did they say? They said, let's build ourselves a, t a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens that we may make a name for ourselves. So that, and, and by the way, that wasn't even the first problem. If you notice, they said, let's make bricks. So now you see man starting to make things for themselves. Okay. Um, so rather than the stone that, that was already there, they're like, Let, let's make these bricks. So now they're starting to, um, wait, let me see what Shuba said. She said, it's crazy. Just a chapter before it says people began to call in the name of the Lord. Well, because we're talking about a uh, post flood, right? Um, and so it's like, it, it, it's like the world started over, but guess what? Um, it doesn't take long for people for pride to set into people. I just want to, I want to take the time before I continue with this story, because pride was a main issue when the people were building this tower, because they said, let's make a name for ourselves. You know, the, the stones weren't good enough. Let's make bricks. Let's make a tower that reaches the, to the heavens. You know, the, the whole purpose of man being on earth, it's to give glory to God. That's why we're here. That's what God created us for his glory. You know, a lot of people don't realize that. And, and so that's what makes this story that much more terrible for the people involved. Because they went from, instead of giving glory to God, they said, we're going to make our own bricks. We're going to build our own tower that reaches the heavens. And we're going to make a name for ourselves. And there was an issue of pride, the sin of pride. And I want to read you a couple of, of, of stories regarding the sin of pride. Because if you're, absolutely, it's still a main issue. It's probably the biggest one. It's one of the, the most egregious things towards God. Because it's, it's taking away the glory that is due His name and putting it on our name. And God doesn't, you know, <laughs> what did the devil do? Why, why, is, why are we where we are? <laughs> The devil decided that he wanted to exalt himself higher than God. I'm going to read about it in two uh, books of the Bible, Isaiah and Ezekiel, that talk about, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's long, but this is important. And, and, you know, Jesus even said himself, he saw, he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. And, and what's interesting to know is that Satan, he did fall from the heavens, but he was pushed out. He, he was no longer welcome there because he had decided, I'm going to make a name for myself that's, that's bigger than God. So Isaiah chapter 14, starting at verse 12, talks about this situation. How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. 
Listen to verse 13. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly and on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to the grave, to the depths of the pit. He said, I will make myself like the most high. Hey, Rick, great to see you. Rick from South Dakota, one of my favorite people. Um, Rick is one of the most supportive and encouraging people I've ever known. And I've never met him in person yet, but I will some some point. But, but it's been a blessing to know Rick um, and all of you. Um, Rick and Loretta specifically because, you know, you guys, um, we met through the broadcast. We didn't meet first in person, and I love that. Um, we forgive you, Rick. And, and I love that because, you know, um, it just shows, you know, what, what the blessing of God does, that it brings you to people that you wouldn't have otherwise met or known um, through, through, so technology can be used for good. But anyways, I just wanted to, to give Rick a shout out because he's great. And Loretta too. And uh, yeah, Loretta, hopefully you're going to come back soon or maybe we'll go there. Um, anyways, let's let's continue. So, so that was a story about Satan's fall. Or rather, like I said, Satan being pushed out of heaven because he said, I will make myself like the most high. That was a sin that he committed. And let's read more about it in Ezekiel chapter 28. Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse 17. Listen to this. Your heart became proud. There it is. There it is. That is um, um, the picture painted about what happened to the devil and why he is the devil. Um, and why, why he, he has become uh, the accuser of the brethren. Because his heart became proud. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty. And you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth. I made a spectacle of you before kings. By your many sins and dishonest trade, you have desecrated your sanctuaries. So I made a fire come out from you and it consumed you. And I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who were watching. Ezekiel 28 and verse 17. Your heart became proud. And listen to this, you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So, so this was a, an individual, you know, the devil was a created being uh, who was once an angel in heaven. Um, he's probably an angel of darkness now, I guess you could say that. Um, and he had a lot of wisdom. He knew a lot of things, but his wisdom was corrupted because his heart became proud. And that was something that God doesn't put up with. And you have to understand that there is a point, and I'm going to continue to read the story in Genesis 11, where God has to intervene with a decisive hand in human affairs. Because at some point, uh, um, you know, you have to remember this, man is not the supreme being. God is the supreme being. And I'm going to explain to you tonight, because there, there's, there's things happening in our world that makes it seem like man is in charge. But man is not in charge. God is in charge. And he has given charge to the church to take dominion and authority over this earth. 
What did he say in Genesis? Um, populate the earth and subdue it. It doesn't subdue us. We subdue it. And so there's an unfortunate um, um, understanding now that's come out that it's like men are, are, are ruling everything. And they do everything. Hey, Lou, good to see you. And we have no recourse. And they're going to make us eat bugs. And we're going to have to, you know, all this stuff. I don't know about you. But I'm not going to be forced to do anything outside of the will of God. Because I'm in covenant with God. And when you're in covenant with God, you operate on a different wavelength. In a, on a different plane. I'm not going to be eating bugs. No, not unless I choose to. And I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to choose to. You know, it's funny because I saw somebody yesterday write how, well, you know, we eat shrimp and um, uh, shellfish, which are like the, um, the, the scavengers of the ocean, right? Um, and we pay a lot of money for it. And they're like, well, it's the same thing with bugs. I'm like, well, first of all, the way that shrimp and, 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 and shellfish are cleaned, you know, there, there's, there's certain things we're not supposed to eat from them. You have to clean them properly. So what about bugs? Are you gonna are you gonna take the um, the little shell off of like every single cricket? Like, come on, like the, the and, and plus I, I could I don't have to I don't have to eat shrimp. That's fine. I won't eat shrimp then. I, I don't care. I mean, I very rarely have it. But whatever. If if you're gonna tell me it's the same thing, fine. Then I won't eat it. I'm gonna stick to beef because beef is where it's at. And what are they trying to do to beef? They're putting warning labels on beef. To try and tell us that it's not healthy. And what does the Bible say? That in the last days they will say it is wrong to eat meat. It was already predicted. It's very predictable. But I'm going to show you tonight. That we serve a God who has the capability to intervene. And that we have to be people who take our authority as the church of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And we're not going to be a bunch of people sitting in a concentration camp eating a bowl of crickets. And that's how we're going to spend our lives. It's not going to happen. So I, I, you, you could be one of those people who take the time to, to, to write about, hey, um, you know, they're going to do this to us. Let them try. Let them try. Well, let me, I don't want to get ahead of myself because this is important to understand from the word how we are to approach the kind of things that are happening in our world. I'm with you, Mary. You know what's funny? And I, I, I have no problem admitting when I was wrong. Um, because I'm wrong sometimes. It doesn't happen often. But, but sometimes. And I, and, I, and I had gotten to this whole kick of like vegan and, and, and not eating meat anymore. And, and I was very wrong about that. And some, listen, some vegan food is tasty. And I, and I like, um, uh, we probably will be mom. Um, and, and, and you know, some of, it's, some of it tastes good. Um, like I, I, there's this restaurant Copper Branch, which is, which is quite good. They have a lot of interesting choices, but I realized it's a ploy. It's a ploy to get you to stop eating meat. Now beans and stuff are healthy. Sure. But, but the protein in meat, um, I eat meat almost every day now. Um, and I never used to do that. And then they're like, well, you know, um, meatless Mondays and meatless Tuesdays and meatless this and meatless that. And they're just trying to, to, to weaken your physical body. And I'm not saying to, to, to 
necessarily go on a carnivore diet, although I know some of us do. I don't know if Lisa's watching, but I know that she, she, she did that at some point. Obviously, we have to eat everything. <laughs> yes, mom, you were right. I gotta give my mom credit. She was right, for sure, on the meat thing. Um, you know, but obviously, you know, we have to eat balanced. That's for sure to be balanced. But but don't don't fall into the trap that we have to push meat out of our diet because it weakens our physical body. Uh, there's God created it, like like my aunt said, He created it, and it is good. Um, and it's 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 funny how there there are certain religions that tell you not to eat beef. And it's like they make cows to be these sacred things while people are starving on the street. It's all, it, it, that's not from the Lord. That is not from the Lord. Anyways, I'm going off off on a tangent. Let's get back to the scripture. Let's go to verse, um, yeah, Mary Ellen, I believe it. Um, I believe it. And like I said, I, I love vegetables. I love beans. I, I, I make bean salads all the time. It's one of my favorite things to make. But it's not a substitute to meat. It's a, it's a, a compliment. Right, I have I have all of it. The more protein, the the better, really. Um, but it's not a substitute. It's it's you have both, right? Um, and that and that's where that's where I was wrong. Is where I, I looked at it as a substitute, having like um, these bean burgers. I'm like, no, I want a burger burger. I want like a beef, you know, full of beef burger. <laughs> and I love burgers. They're great. Um, okay, let's continue. Verse 5. So we're at uh, Genesis eleven five. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were, were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth. And they stopped building the city. This is why it was called Babel. Because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the earth. You know, there, what basically happened was, is that man was trying to usurp, basically, the parameters that God had intended for the earth. We understand that there, there's going to be wickedness, there's going to be evil, but there were parameters in place where God said, no, if, if they start to do this, then, then nothing's going to be impossible for them. We have to put a stop to it. And so God, listen, the devil has an agenda, yeah, but God has an agenda too, and he has a plan, a plan that we're part of. And so you have to understand that God, there's something called divine intervention. I would have liked to see that, Mary Ellen. You're right, Maria. It's true. Um, and it makes us, you know, more susceptible to disease when we don't have proper protein and, and proper nutrients. And anyways, it, you know, I'm not going to, uh, <laughs> I can go, I, I can do a whole broadcast just about the, the food industry and, and everything about it. Um, but I'm not going to do that. So, so God was basically, and it's, and it's, it's interesting how he said, let us go down. So that's God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit. Remember the Trinity, let us go down. And, and so, the, so because of this, they stopped building the city. So there's something called divine intervention. So we have to understand something specific. There is going to be a time and all you have to do is open up the book of revelation 
And you're going to see in the book of Revelation all the different things that are going to happen once, once the church has been taken off the earth. Because there will come a point where now there's nothing standing in the way of the devil being able to do whatever he wants to do. Right? But we're not there yet. Listen. Turn with me to 2 Thessalonians. I think I got it right that time. 2 Thessalonians verse 2, starting, sorry, chapter 2, starting at verse 6. And now you know what is holding him back, so that he may be revealed at the proper time. In speaking of the, the Antichrist, the man of lawlessness, everything that you see happening in the world is following along with the agenda of the Antichrist with the agenda that we're going to see during the time of the tribulation. But this is where we have to activate our faith as children of God in understanding that we're not going to be there when those things happen. So when you start to see these things happen, that's how you know the end is coming. You know, I, I have people, you know, saying, well, you know, yeah, well, we're in the last days, so, you know, this stuff is going to happen. So that means that we just have to grin and bear it while, while we have an onslaught from the devil putting his, his, his foot on our throat? Is that, is that what the last days are supposed to be? I don't think so. The last days are the days that the church takes dominion over the power of the enemy, that the church rises up in the authority of Jesus Christ as the body of Christ and takes ground for the kingdom of God. So yes, there will be a time when, we're, when these things are all going to come to fruition. But we're not there yet. So we have to understand how to approach these things, especially how to contend for these things in the spirit. You know, I read a couple days ago, there was an app that the government created. And this app cost $20 million. $20 million for an app, which was called the, the COVID alert app. And so what it basically did was you download this app and then it lets you know, because it, it tracks your location and everything, if you've been around people who have COVID. Well, guess what? That app has now been discontinued. And the reason, because of lack of interest. No kidding. No kidding. People did not want to download an app <laughs> that basically, if you're like standing in the grocery store, like this alert can come on, oh, that person next to you, uh, they tested positive for COVID, run for your life. It's, it's ridiculous anyways. Um, but this app didn't work. They, they, they threw it out. Despite spending $20 million. Do you know how many vaccines have had to be thrown out because they expired? Despite tons of money being spent on them? Because that's what I hear. I hear people say stuff like, oh, if the government invests in all this money, you, you bet they're going to intend on using it. Yeah, well, what about the $20 million for the app? That they can plan all they want, but it doesn't mean that those things are going to come to fruition because I have a say in it and you have a say in it because there is a God in heaven that is much more powerful than anything that Bill Gates would do and the World Economic Forum would do and Justin Trudeau would do and Francois Legault would do. Our God is mightier than those men. They are just men. And just as in the day of Babel, when they thought we're going to exalt ourselves above God. Well, guess what? God stepped in and said, I don't think so. You're not doing this. 
This is where I draw the line. And I believe that God is now drawing the line and saying, all right, this has gone far enough. And he's given us the responsibility as the restrainer to say, I am standing in the way and I will not allow this to happen. God allows what we allow. The Bible says, whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. My dad said they're testing the waters absolutely absolutely and they probably got everything they wanted that's for sure it was probably better than they expected because they didn't think that people would just do whatever they're told so easily that's right maria now (laughs) satan's not in dominion over us I, i can't stand it i can't stand to see christians Talk that way. If you want your confession to be that you're going to run out of money and we're going to be standing in bread lines and we're going to be eating crickets, you could confess that all you want. I'm not confessing that. I'm confessing that I'm a child of God. I'm in covenant with God. And I know that my God will provide for me and, and provide all my needs according to his riches and glory. In Jesus name. Verse 6, and now you know what is holding him back, so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan, displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders, and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. The lawless one will be doing Satan's bidding. And there are people now, whether they know it or not, whether they realize it or not, are right right in lockstep with the plans of Satan, with the the way that Satan works. What is it? He's a deceiver. What does it say? In every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. That's the devil's calling card. He works by deception. He deceives people. You know, listen, I know um, there's a lot of people who see me a certain way. They call me a conspiracy theorist. That's fine. They can call me that all they want. But I'm going to tell you this. I refuse to be deceived. And if I'm wrong about something, I, I, I just admitted I was wrong about something. I have no problem admitting if I got something wrong. Absolutely no problem, but I refuse to allow myself to be deceived by the things of this world. I refuse because all you listen here. Here's an easy way to to, to go about life. Compare everything to the word of God. If I agree, Mary, it is a comp. I do take it as a compliment. Um, so compare everything to the word of God. They tell you not to eat meat. You know that that's not from the word of God. You know that it's not. (laughs) Thanks, Don. 
right? What else does it say? They tell you not to get married. Oh, that's not, no, no. God says marriage is good. He blessed it. He created it, right? Just look at, compare the things that you're being told out in the world, compare it with the word. Because that's what we live by. We don't live by the world. We live by the word. That's how you'll know the truth. That's how you avoid deception. There's no excuse for any Christian to ever be deceived by something that they're hearing in the world. So if you, you hear something and it doesn't sit, well, hey, Melina, good to see you. And if you hear something and it doesn't sit right, there's a reason why it doesn't sit right. Go to the word. Look, wait a minute. Mm, this doesn't line up with what I know scripture says. Oh, this sounds like something that the devil's going to do during the tribulation. That can't be good. That's how you know. There's no excuse. No excuse. And you know what is holding him back. God, you know, when God came down and, 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 and basically scattered the people so they could no longer build the tower... Um, you know, Christ hadn't come yet. Christ hadn't come and defeated the devil on the cross yet. God has, has the keys of the kingdom now have been handed over to the church. And so God is basically telling us, Hey, you are to carry out my plan on this earth. That's why we're here. And how do I know that from Ephesians chapter one? Turn to Ephesians chapter 1. This is basically the, uh, my dad says, yeah, people's senses get dull and it's considered normal. It's true. Things that were not considered normal like 10 years ago are considered normal now. And, and, and you have to be, you have to have your guard up. That's why when we put on the full armor of God, um, let me just flip over there for a second because um because it says stand firm with the belt of truth um the shield of faith the helmet of salvation the sword of the spirit these are the if you take all these things and this isn't the teaching of the armor of god though that's a great there's tons of great sermons about that um that's how we protect ourselves right that's how we protect ourselves so there's no reason why we should ever allow ourselves to be led astray. And that's why, and I'm going to be very honest with you. Here's a moment of honesty. I don't follow any, how do I know, how do I want to put it? Famous Christians. Because I, I unfortunately noticed how easily they are led in the direction of where the world is going especially in the area of, of, of what we call social justice. And they, for every, if you have to put something on your uh, profile, I stand for this, I support this, um, I'm praying for this, and they just go along with absolutely everything. And so I can't follow them anymore. I can't. I only follow anointed, spirit-filled people who understand the times. Just like the sons of Issachar, that's what the Bible says, that they understood the times and the seasons. Lord, let us be like those sons of Issachar, that we understand the times and the seasons that we're living in. 
that rather than allow ourselves to be pulled away and led astray by the things that the world is telling us that we stay rooted and grounded in the word of God. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above. If you're, if you're watching and, and you, you know, you're not like in like school or work or something that you could shout out, say far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come, far above. So I don't know where this idea came from that we're being ruled by a bunch of people. And I understand, it seems like they have a lot of authority. It seems like they have a lot of power. But you just have to remember that mighty power that is working on the inside of us. It has no... their, their, their authority has no chance against the power that resides on the inside of us. Not a chance. If they were to go up against each other, they would lose every time. They wouldn't even be able to get into the ring with us. And I don't think any, there's a lot of Christians who don't realize that power that exists on the inside of them, that was given to us through Christ. Let me keep reading. And God placed all things say all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills everything in every way that's right mary ellen they're not our bosses do you know (laughs) do you know what romans 13 teaches us about government that god has placed People in authority to keep his law. To punish wrongdoers. That's why they're there. They don't rule over us. They don't tell us what to do outside of the realm of God's law. They don't make up rules. And we have to follow like like we're Serbs. Like we're just some kind of like, oh, well, you know, whatever you say, almighty government, you're in charge. No, that's not how it works. They're there to punish wrongdoers. Then what do you do if they're the wrongdoers themselves? Well, we have to do something about it. We don't sit and blindly obey them. If they're going against the word of God, that's not how it works. Turn to James chapter 5. I'm going to close with this. That went by really quick. But I made a promise. Stick to an hour. (laughs) Turn to James chapter 5. Because you have to understand, okay, so now we we addressed, okay, we're the restrainer. You know, God has placed a, 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 a power in us through Christ, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. So what do we do? What do we do? It's clear in James chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore, I know Rick. Rick, you'd be happy if I did like three hours, but I, I, no, 
I gotta, I gotta, especially in summer. I gotta stick to an hour in summer. Maybe in winter, when like we're inside anyways and we have nothing else to do. Then okay, winter I'll go more than an hour. How about that? Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And a lot of people say, well, yeah, but that's talking about like, you know, uh, uh, praying for healing. Yeah, that's part of it. But what does it say right after that? Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops by the power of Elijah's prayer. And that was before he had the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of, of him. He actually altered what happened on the earth that he said, stop the rain and it stopped. And he said, rain and it rained. When it says the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective, that's for healing, that's for forgiveness, that's for altering the trajectory that this world is on in understanding that we have a job to do as standing in the way of the enemy's plan. It is not the, 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 the answer to sit by and allow the devil to run and have his will over this earth. That's not why we're here. We are here uh, endued with power from on high. That power that raised Christ from the dead. That lives on the inside of us. And we have a job to do. To pray. To, just like Elijah prayed. To say, I, stop the rain. Bring the rain. That's what we do. I'm not going to stand in a bread line. That, that you could stand in a bread line if you want. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to run out of money. God is my source. The government's not my source. And that's the problem that a lot of Christians have. They don't realize. They don't. Hey, Evangelist Jonathan, good to see you. They don't realize who their source is. So, of course, they're going to do whatever the government says because they're scared. They're scared of running out of money. They're scared of being sick. They're looking for some kind of solution. And so they run everywhere and say, so I'm in covenant with God. And if you're in covenant with God tonight, you're not going to be standing in a bread line begging for food. You're not going to have to shoot your neighbor to try to try and get uh, uh, to have something to eat. There's going to be a time <laughs> that's going to be pretty bad like that. Now is not yet the time because we have a job and a role to play as a restrainer of the man of lawlessness. And we know that our prayers are powerful and effective. And so if Elijah can literally affect the weather with his prayers, you think that we can affect what the, the government's decision on this earth? I, I, I declare tonight that there's going to be a delay and a slowing down of those plans of the government, even in this country. And it feels like this country has no hope. But if I'm here and if you're here, then we've got a lot of hope because we have the God of the universe on our side. That same God who said, man has gone too far. I got to take care of it. And that's how you have to look at what's happening now. It has gone too far. Devil, you're not allowed to take another step because the church is here. And now is the time for the church to dominate over the power of the devil, not the other way around. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. For these that are watching tonight, I thank you for their hunger to listen to the teaching of your word. Father, I thank you. 
I thank you that, that, that you have made a covenant with us, that we know that you're our source, you're our provider, you're, you're our sustainer, you're our promoter. We don't look to man for anything. The banks, know, we don't need the banks, they need us. We don't need social media, they need us. Let us start to take the authority as the church of Jesus Christ on this earth. Father, I pray for this country. I know that this country has been overtaken by a cloud of wickedness that has descended upon this nation. But Father, I pray, just as your word says, that whatsoever we bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatsoever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven, I bind the plan of the enemy. I, if the devil is listening, he put him on notice. He is not allowed to infringe upon the territory of the church. He is not allowed to stop the propagation of the gospel moving forward. He's not allowed to take anything from us. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that we'll always be provided for. That we'll never be in lack. That we'll never go hungry. That we'll never go without. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that as we come into covenant with you, that just as you promised to our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who thrived in the midst of famine, that'll be the same thing for us. The same way that, that ravens provided food when there wasn't food. If, if that's what it's going to take to feed us, it, nothing can stop you from making sure that your children are, are being taken care of in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for a turnaround in this nation. Thank you for a rolling back of the wicked plan of the enemy. That just as things start to fall, that they continue to fall. That now is the time of grace. Now is a time of the Lord's great favor. That there will be a time when judgment is going to come on the earth. And there will be terrible times. But now is not that time. Now is the time for the church to explode on the earth. And to, to, to see revival come, to see souls coming into the kingdom. And revival starts with us to start to be people of faith, to start to realize, hey, I'm not one to be ruled over. I serve the Lord and he's the ruler and the maker of heavens and the earth. Thank you, Lord. And now I want to pray if anybody's listening and you don't know Jesus. And you're listening to this broadcast and you're like, I want in on this. I want to be in covenant with God. Then pray this prayer wherever you are. Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to set me free. I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I believe in my heart that he rose from the dead. I confess of my sin and repent of all my wrongdoing. I will follow Jesus all the days of my life. Thank you that now I am saved. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. You, you are now a child of God. You know, God has, uh, he created all people, but it's only when we come into relationship with him, when we become saved, that we become his children. And I am a child of God and you're a child of God. And, and as a result of that, God takes care of his children and God will provide for you in Jesus name. Amen.